News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor Sammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkHookMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian. And to all our Loxodonta out there, I'm very happy to say happy World Elephant Day. Oh, Loxodonta. Okay, wow. World Elephant Day. Well, they deserve that, Alan. I mean, they deserve a world, international day, so. And the best thing is they won't forget. No. <laughs> 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 That's a pretty good one. I feel like people are going to have opinions about this. Or, uh, well, you or, know, bringing on the big old pachyderms, man. We've uh, we, we've had a long relationship with those uh, lovely, lovely creatures. Yeah, people like elephants. So I really can't see anybody being too contentious about elephants. No, no. And if they are, <laughs> they're going to well, have to answer to us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unless one of them's eating your village, you know. Well, that's true. If they get if they get mad, you don't want them around. So, mm. so uh, welcome to uh, wait. I, Okay, let's let's cue that up again, Max. You had me thrown off. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline about World Elephant Day at 901-683-0989. I already know. I can see the people out there, Alan. I already know those regular uh, listeners that are getting ch- mm. chiming in on World Elephant Day. I can I can just see it now. Pachyderm references are on the way. Absolutely. Uh, and you can also, uh, what we what you should do after that is uh, scoot on over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. Give us a like. I've already made three posts up there, Alan. I already made our must-have item of the week. Uh, I'll, I'll discuss the other posts in a moment. But also, after you've done that, then scoot on over to the uh, News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and you can watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams. And if they... Look carefully, Alan. They might notice that the studio looks a little different because they're going to be paint. They're yes. paint. They started painting it. They took all the soundproof um, little. Uh, what are those called, Max? Sound buffers or something? The panels. The little. Uh, yeah, panels that are normally on the wall. I, is it echoey in here now, Alan? It is more echoey in here. Okay. Well, we'll muscle through. It's just one week, so. But uh, it looks a little different. You may want. You know. You may want to just. See the before and after. So go on over to the uh, Royal Retreat Studio Cams at News Talk 98.9, the Roar's Facebook page. Well, Alan, uh, this is this is pretty juicy, man. We we I cannot over tease today because we we don't know where this could go. <laughs> but um, in our great moments in building mm. history, we're shifting it, and we're actually going to get to in our first um, in our first segment. We're we're foregoing that to talk about a great inventor in history because mm-hmm. this is an anniversary. Uh, right, Max? Is, is today the anniversary or is it Yesterday. Yesterday was the anniversary of Hedy Lamar's frequency hopping patent that she made. Yes. Which uh, some credit her as, what do they call her, the mother of the She would be mother the mother of, wife, of Wi-Fi. Which, yes. Yeah, because you think, you, you see pictures of Hedy Lamar and you're like, wow, what a, what a beautiful actress. But she was a... a genius as well she, she was that was, wonderful combination of beauty and brains she's somebody that they need to make a big movie about i mean it, there's some real intrigue in the life of hedy lamar and well, stuff so we're we're gonna unpack that well so. like many early hollywood stars her life yeah is, her a, life is an up. amazing movie right you don't you even know. have it writes itself yeah. so but uh alan in the second half of the show we finally got him back our good buddy larry brown with brown refrigeration is is coming in and uh, in in honor of that, we thought this would be an interesting discussion: the past, present, and possible future of air conditioning technology. Because we, you know, the past is interesting; mm. the present is sort of critical to know. But it'd be fun uh, to speculate with Larry what what's the future looking like. That would that would be interesting. So, 
Um, we've got, uh, like I said, we've got our must-have item of the week. Alan, we got to get to Alan's week in review, um, which <laughs> we did. We missed last week because I think we were a bit. No, actually, we did get to it last week. It was the week before. It was the week before. We, we haven't talked about chainsaws in a while, so. No, but. Uh, you can never talk, talk enough about chainsaws. Um, we, we've got more. I'm just sitting here looking at it, Alan, and I'm just, I'm not teasing anymore because you just never know. But trust us, folks, we are not running out of material. <laughs> You're not short, no. But before we get to any of that, this is going to be, I would call this a theme today, Alan, because we're going we're gonna to tee it off now, and then we're going to be uh, touching on it. And we this is what we want. Uh, listener interaction on this one uh, and later in the show we're going to uh, round table it with Larry as well but if you notice um, every 20 I would say I don't know every 20 years or so uh, home design changes uh, architecturally stylistically the technology changes every every 20 years or so I think you get this shift I mean it's sort of undeniable if you drive around here in Memphis I mean it's a it's like a time capsule you can go to the and what we wanted to to kind of Let's let's start with the good stuff. Let's let's talk about some okay. of the things we like about a particular era. Uh, I know our buddy Margaret; she's a big fan of mid-century modern mm-hmm. homes. That's like her mm-hmm. thing. But if you're out there and you have a particular era of home or a particular you know style of home that you really really like, you know, we would love you to weigh in. And um, also, you know, we'll also have to talk about the challenges of owning homes like that. But um, Alan, I thought all of us could have opinions about this. Max, I'd love to get your your take on this, but. What are, what, are, what are some eras that, that really stand out to you, Alan, in home design? Um, and don't go back to your childhood in 1750. Well, yeah, I, I could go back and say, you know, well, we started with caves. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Max will probably, you know, reminisce about the yurt he was born in. But, uh, okay. <laughs> No, let's 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 Max, Max and I are related somewhere, somehow, someplace. Okay. Of, okay. Well, of course, we had the townhouse boom, American Craftsman, Bungalow, Tudor, Colonial, uh, Greek Revival. We get of, uh, and I mean, and this is like all just in the last fifty years, right? Of you had your uh, your village, your Victorian village style mm-hmm. uh, going on. Of another one that happened. It made it to Memphis, but this was more a little south of us. Yeah. And that was your good old-fashioned standard barn-style farmhouse and bungalows. Because you will still find both of those around Memphis if you go into the right uh, neighborhood. Wasn't the bungalow a 30s type thing? And I, it was. It was that. Can we zero in on bungalow? What let's, it, what, let's start just, with a bungalow. Because bungalow, my my. As I see it, okay, the one thing I remember about bungalows here in town is that uh, for some reason their driveways are really narrow, which made no sense to me because the right. cars were huge back then. But they had big porches, a lot of attention to interesting the, – the interiors had great woodwork. The only thing about bungalows is they were vulnerable to elephant attacks. Okay. Well, that's in South Asia. <laughs> well, right. Man, <laughs> it's going to be one of those days. Somebody's going to have to rein him it in. Is. But uh, well, No, bungalows are cool. It, I, I, I feel like it's in that Art Deco style, right? Well, and a lot of them, in reference to Max over there, had thatched roofs originally. So okay, they were I'm talking kinda, about modern day. Yeah, but, they were yeah. kind of, you know, big old just elephant feeding stations. Okay. Uh, in in uh, the United States, where we did not have an elephant issue, uh, generally it's a low-story, shallow-pitched roof, and it's kind of usually resorty, resorty areas. Like you have a cove, and everything in it hmm. will be a little cottage. 
Okay. So everybody's kind of. It's got very quaint looking. The exactly the quaint yeah. little English village type thing. Okay. All right. So that's that's your call to action today, folks. We want to know. We're going to talk about home styles, and we want mm-hmm. to know which ones you like, or maybe which ones you don't like. What so. are you living in now? Exactly. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I've got one single nail and another nail to nail it in with. And I'm going to stop this infernal ice cream machine once and for all. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I'm not hiring that guy. <laughs> Too many problems on the job site already. And welcome back to Tool Talk Radio. Coming it's an to inventive from, use of nails. I guess so. I mean, Well, hey, if he can do it, more power to him. Uh, and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. Uh, we also invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page. It's pretty interesting over there, Alan. We've already made a few posts. Uh, we want you to like the page, check out the post, share the page. And then after you've done all that, scoot on over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and uh, watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams. Um, and, you like I said, astute listeners or astute watchers mm. will notice that it's looking a little different. If you look at the edges, they've yep. already cut in. They're going to be putting some sort of gray paint up here, Alan. So next week, I'm guessing the studios will look a lot different. So, hey, Alan, uh, shortly in the second half of the show, our buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration is finally coming in. Boy, getting that, getting that guy to stop focusing on work and actually, you know, come no. hang out <sighs> with us, it's, it's a... It's he, not easy, but trying he, to like pick. It's like trying to pick up a worm. Yeah, it's oh, tough, man. It's like, uh, well, that's a weird. That's that's an odd comparison. I'm sure Larry loves that comparison, Max. <laughs> he, so, he's been a busy man. It's challenging. Let's just put it that way. Hey, worms so. are hard workers. Okay, yeah. Don't try to dig yourself out of that one, Max. So, <laughs> but I'm hey. Sh- um, in a minute, Alan, we are gonna. Well, shortly, we're gonna get to our great moments in building <laughs> history, which actually is a. We're foregoing that. It's going to be mm. a great inventor in history, Indeed. which I think we need a zippier title than that, Max, but it, it's working right now. But um, uh, before we do that, Alan, we were talking. So one of the, thi- one of the uh, things we want from our listeners. Oh, wait, Max, you said somebody chimed in today. And speaking of listener, we had someone chime in. Um, uh, it's old, our good old buddy, Keith. They said elephants are the ultimate wanderers. Herds can roam up to 30 miles a day, have trunk I'm a half trunk will travel. Okay. Yeah. Because yep. if you're just listening, if you're just tuning in, folks, to as Max indicated, today is International Elephant Day, which so people are chiming in. So, uh, Keith, thanks for that factoid. And he's right. I've watched documentaries about ele- uh, elephants. Boy, they, okay, here's what I don't get. Maybe I'm just an idiot or something, but they say, you know, they, they do the big dramatic voice. They're like, the males will wander such and such, and then they're they're off to go get the you know they're they're in search of water and all this. And I'm like, well, why don't they just live where all the water is and just stay there? But <laughs> well, I don't really get that. They just they the, they go all these hundreds of miles to get to whatever. Uh, but uh, the, I, the water <laughs> and food is transitory. Okay. Uh, elephants actually, uh, elephants and beavers completely transform their environments. Well, we know that, yeah, that's true. You know, beavers, you know, dam stuff up and flood things out. Elephants basically eat it. 
Okay, so uh, once they've eaten their fill, they move to the next uh Well, if terrain. they keep hanging around, you're not going to have any trees or bushes or anything left. So okay. they're like the Vikings. Pretty much. Yeah, oh, those was, creeps. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my ancestors <laughs> were rotten people. Okay, well, we don't want to turn this into, uh, uh, you know, this isn't the Discovery Channel here. So let's let's uh, shift back. <laughs> what we were talking about, one of our themes, that, and we want the listeners to, to weigh in on this. We were talking about how every 20 years or so, home design changes from aesthetically but mm. also functionally uh you know and also technology evolves and everything and we've here in memphis it's a great example we've got ear you know from we've got homes that go back over 100 you know 150 years or mm. so but we were talking about some of the things we like and uh before we uh went to break we we're talking about um bungalows sort of like right. we're talking the 1930s there's a lot of good examples of bungalow homes in uh in um midtown uh, they're really cool. I do notice, Alan, with those, there's always this attention to woodwork. Some of the my favorite woodwork is mm-hmm. in the, and it's more of, um, I see a lot of straight lines, a lot of the shaker stuff, but ornate as well. It's kind of a cool combination of, uh, I don't know, it, it does remind me of the 1930s when they were going for, they were trying to be more modern, but they, they hung on to traditional things as well. Well, so. it was kind of resorty. Yeah. That's kind of the easy one. Uh, but then... Right at the exact same time, as we were dressing up the bungalows, suddenly the bungalow kind of converted and became the American craftsman. Mm. So it was it was kind of an easier transition because of your bungalows were basically kind of dumpy little buildings that were dressed up. You think so? Well, they're all basically little boxes. Well, they're kind of boxes that they're you filled up. They're little boxes yeah. and you dressed them up. And then the next logical thing was to take that box... And start adding the landscape, mm. add a little architectural interest, and next thing you know, you're looking at American craftsmen. That kind of feeds into the type of architecture that I most appreciate in terms of the era. It's pretty obvious. You could probably guess. I really like the, the traditional Japanese households, or the architecture they call is minka. Yep. And what I really like about it is it's like it's very self-contained, as Alan expressed. I also like the idea of... The all the openings that it has, like around like it, the verandas, they have like a main veranda and everything that wraps around the entire house, and that's a way of kind of navigating throughout the entire structure. But I like the emptiness of the spaces therein. Hmm. It's interesting you say that, Max, because now that you're saying that, there's it, there's a bungalow. I I worked. I was in this house uh, a couple of years ago, Alan, and it was a uh, oh yeah, it was a 1930s design. And mm-hmm. in the living room, you know, it was almost like these enormous you know like pocket doors that you have for a bathroom well these were two giant pocket doors which basically when they're open you convert the space into one giant room when you close it you suddenly have two rooms and it reminds me now that max is saying that a lot of of the japanese homes so you know what's kind of cool about that the traditional japanese homes is they were made with local materials and everything too so it reflects a little bit more of the environment that it's in as opposed to having things exported from outside right you know, it and and because of course in the '30s we're dealing with um, the you know the depression and everything mm-hmm. like that. And as I recall, just in, in, I'm not a historian, but I feel like there was this effort to make things kind of modern and you know like uh, thinking of the future and mm-hmm. you know like even the trains they they designed them to look to give people hope. I guess right. that look that, forward, right? And so I feel like even the bungalow had some of that well had that element so. but then you have the bungalow's cousin which is distantly related to your japanese home 
And of all at the same time, the all of these are happening around the 30s. Yeah. Of the big one that showed up stealing a little bit from the uh, from the Asian style was the ranch style. Mm. And now the ranch style is kind of famous for having that big porch. Right, right. So you had that long roof that extended out so that, you know, especially like in the Midwest, uh, the kind of a That's, farmer. I grew up in a ranch home. Right, well, yeah. you know, kind of the farmer thing, is, as we love to joke, is like, you know, sitting on the front porch with a box fan shelling peas. Because that was where a lot of work oh, actually yeah. happened around the home right? out on that porch. That makes me think of this anecdote you once told me, Joe, about this guy that you worked with in Wallace, Mississippi. He's like, I just enjoy sitting on my porch shooting squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> That's the work the they get, Simple pleasures in life. Oh, yeah, I remember so, old. Uh, you know, the bungalow, the American craftsman, and the ranch were all just kind of different offshoots, all in that 10s, 20s, and 30s. All the way through the 50s. Well, Alan, when I think of ranch uh, homes, now now ranch I don't think had nearly as much style if it's the one I'm thinking of. But like uh, when I think of that, think I think of the, well, no, what I was thinking of is um, It's a Wonderful Life. When uh, George Bailey, they build all those homes and Mr. Martini moves in. Now, they were, it was a nice little community, but the homes were very simple. They were just basically Straight yes. roof, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. a, a couple of pitches on the roof, and that was it. Our home that I grew up in, there was nothing architecturally very interesting. It was no. functional. Utilitarian, It yes. was utilitarian. So, that, to me, that's another shift in sensibilities. I think that home was built in the 40s, I want to say, something mm-hmm. like that, which reminds me exactly of that era. So, um, but, uh, so that's what we're doing today. We want to talk about that, folks. We want to talk about um, different eras, you know, different things in... Um, History, and we want to hear, you know, what you have to say, because everybody's got to have opinions. And then <laughs> I feel like the 70s, we're, we're not going to get out of here today before we chime in some opinion oh, yeah, on we can't, 70s we can't, architecture. Yeah, we can't train wreck until we get into <laughs> colonial revival and zero lot lines. So that's out yeah. there on the table, and feel free to weigh in at any time on that. And, of course, we're going to, uh, when Larry gets in here, we want to get his opinion from an HVAC standpoint. Oh, yeah. So, But it's time to shift gears. I've been looking forward to this, Alan. Let's and do it. No- Great moments in building history. Okay, so in, we're we're foregoing this. It's still a it still qualifies, I guess. Alan. We, until we come up with a new title, our working title is "Great Inventors in History." Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing this instead of um, instead of "Great Moments yes. in Building History" this week because this is an anniversary. As Max told us yesterday, was the uh, anniversary of Hedy Lamarr, who's a really huge actress back in her day. Uh, but she was also just a genius. And this was, what was this, frequency hopping uh, technology. Yes. And she patented it. And, um, and uh, I mean, some people say this is the, she's the mother of Wi-Fi for yes. this. So we're teeing it up now, Alan. But this is, this. you're going to have to explain it. I've watched documentaries. I've watched things. Mm-hmm. And I still don't, can't get my head around the connection between this and Wi-Fi. But uh, uh, it's, I, I will explain it when we come back of, she was of part of the Austro-Hungarian immigration mm-hmm. that brought us, we had Hedy Lamar and we got the Gabors. Oh, Jaja Gabor. Yeah, well, her mom, the mother Gabor, she brought came the two in daughters over and uh, so we, we had quite a few Europeans come into America at this time. Hedy Lamar's life really it plays out like a spy novel. I it mean, does. you don't have to do you don't have to embellish it at all. You can uh, you know you can study that. And I, I, have we ever had a movie about her? I mean, 
It seems I don't like, think we've had a good one yet. Seems like we're due for one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So because she's she's got a really interesting story. So we'll talk a little bit about the uh, intrigue involved in the era that this all happened, and then Alan hopefully can break down the actual technology of what oh, yeah, uh, we can what was going on with frequency hopping technology. So that's uh, that's what's coming up here. Uh, you're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I'm describing a person, not something complicated like a wooden sailing ship or proper dovetail technique. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. He's not wrong. Dovetails are they're a pain, <laughs> Alan. I mean, great joints, but uh, boy, a dovetail joint, uh, you know, you better know what you're doing. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the uh, posts we've made over there. Uh, we want you to like and share the page. And uh, once you've done that, scoot on over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and uh, watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams. And uh, it looks like, you know, actually, if you scroll down, you can watch all the shows on the mm-hmm. Royal Retreat Damn. Studio cam. So don't do it while you're driving, naturally. Nope, I guess nope. that doesn't, you know, should need to be said. But, but full disclaimers, you know, we don't want to get sued, right, Alan? Um, hey, in a minute, we're going to be uh, jumping back into our conversation about Hedy Lamar, who, uh, what a cool name. I guess it's mm. not a real name, though, is it, Alan? No, That's it's shortened. Okay. Um, about her, not about her acting career. We're talking about her inventing career. She's yes. been, it's, uh, this is an anniversary of her frequency hopping technology that she uh, patented way back in the day. Uh, before we get to that, though, you know who, uh, I don't know that he's got any patents to his credit, but uh He's definitely got a lot of five-star reviews to his credit, and that's mm-hmm. our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. Huh. Uh, you know, using Jay Hill in the same breath as Hedy Lamar, I think that's pretty good. Jay, yeah, you not owe bad, me one. Not bad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but if you have any uh, roofing, well, let's talk about the exterior protection of your home. Oh, yeah. That's what you need from top to bottom: roofing, siding, gutters, windows, and concrete. That's Jay's specialty. Uh, but in particular, let's face it, we we love to zero in on the roofing because that's really uh, what he stakes his claim on. Uh, five stars with the Better Business Bureau. He's a master elite installer with GAF. And uh, uh, in, in addition to that, Jay is also a former insurance agent, which that uh, we use that to our advantage. Oh, we? I mean, yes, uh, because if you're in a situation where your homeowners, uh, you know, insurance may cover either part or all of your roof replacement or your repair, that's a real process and that's a real challenge. And you need competent professionals to help you through that process. Jay is more or less a free advocate. You come over, uh, have Jay uh, look at your roof, He'll give you a free consultation, and he'll get, tell you if there's a path forward with uh, with your homeowners. Uh, because if there is, boy, is that a load off your mind and uh, a lot of savings, too. And that's what our insurance is for. So Jay um, is an expert in that field. So uh, in addition to his uh, great, you know, these are roofing systems as well that they put in. These uh, are lifetime transferable warranties. If you just had a, I, I think I told you, Alan, I changed the uh, my homeowner's insurance, and I saved money because I have mm-hmm. a GAF roof on my house. I mean, significance. That was sort of one of the main 
things they look at when you get insurance. So that's a benefit as well. And when you sell the home, uh, that that warranty transfers over to the new owner. So great folks over at Big M Roofing. Uh, they also have great financing. He's, Jay has 30 lenders at his disposal. Um, and you're going to qualify with, it takes minutes to yep. qualify. Uh, once you do, you select the terms that work best for you. So Jay is just a great, very dynamic personality, as you hear when he comes on the air with us, but even more so in person. So get in touch with Jay. You can call him directly seven days a week. Uh, You can reach him at 901-484-5645. And I always suggest calling at inappropriate hours, you know, just to make it, just to to annoy him. Call during, you know, special uh, sporting events and everything like that. Or you can go to uh, BigMRoofingAndRemodeling.com. All right, Alan. So, uh, Hedy Lamar, we're, we're shifting gears back to mm-hmm. our great inventors in history. And um, so, it, let's let's just real quickly just say, she grew up in, uh, let's see, she was born in 19, what was it? 1914. 1914, yes. right away. Very beautiful woman. I mean, let's just say it. That's mm. That was what she was known for. She got into acting at a young age. At at the age of five, her, her father gave her a radio. Mm-hmm. She took the whole radio apart and then reassembled it. Was it was a music box, not a radio. Okay, I'm sorry. A, a music, music box. box. Yep. That's right. Whatever. She's five and she did that. Yes. She had a real knack. She was a great mathematician. She was very, very smart. But, I mean, when you look like Hedy Lamar does, you're going to gravitate to her. You know, that's that's just the field she well, fell into. But uh, and, and she also, as an actress, of did a Czechoslovakian movie for its time that was way beyond its time and very scandalous. Yeah. And it was called Ecstasy. Yeah. And if you want to... If, if, so she knew how to push boundaries. She used her intellect as an actress... To really propel her career, she didn't just get lucky. No, she, she was, was very, very meticulous about the roles she chose and pushed forward. Well, and her life plays out like a spy novel because then when yeah. she gets older, think about what's going on in the world. She married a, what was her husband's name, Max? Uh, do you have it handy? I thought she, it was like Mindell or something like that. This guy was a powerhouse. This guy was really wealthy. He dealt. Uh, in arms. I mean, that was his yeah, thing. He, he was, was an arms, munitions. basically a munitions yep. deal. And and he was meeting with uh, he was meeting with the Germans and people like Mussolini back before World War II started. Mm-hmm. And Hedy Lamar was in the room listening to discussions about torpedo specifications and all of these things. And she and and uh, she was like, I got to get away from this situation. But she very cleverly got out of it by first of all she gathered as much intelligence as she could because her idea was to escape right and so she hired a uh she hired a basically personal assistant that looked very similar to her the long and short of it was that uh she threw a party she um i don't know it was a long story but she basically changed identities with this uh housekeeper yes. escaped the country fled it's it's I, we can't get into that cuz it would take 2 hours it was very exciting, though, and then she got away, came to America, and made a name for herself. But right. then she, among other things, with her acting, um, was this was right in the in the thick of things with World War One, and she wanted to do something to help the war effort. And she had all of this intelligence and all of this uh, knowledge from her, you know, mm-hmm. former husband's meetings. And so here we go, Alan. So that sets the stage for frequency hopping. And so. one of the things I wanted to mention too is the way that she solved this problem and develop frequency hopping was by playing the piano, yeah. which is interesting because she teamed up with American composer George Antheil 
And he was a very avant-garde composer at the time because frequency hopping involves trying to communicate um, uh, like p- between distances and synchronizing between different areas, between distances. And what George Antheil did was he did had a famous symphony where he synchronized 12 player pianos to play a symphony all together. The player pianos are like electric, right, Alan? They, they, they have those little grids and then they exactly. just play on their they own. Exactly. So. They have the little holes. And it got her thinking. Because right. so, she, she was very convinced that radio communication was going to play a major role in this war, mm-hmm. more so than in any other. So, but, she did indeed. But, Alan, now we're turning it over to you because I don't really understand it. So. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I understand well, the setup, but not the technology. Let's pick on this radio station as a, as a base. Okay. Okay. So we are broadcast on frequency modulation, mm-hmm. 98.9. Talk to me like I'm five, Alan. All right. so, I, okay. well, well, we have 98.9. <laughs> yeah. So basically what we have to say is, there's radiation frequencies okay. of whether we can see it or hear it, of a microwave, a gamma ray, are all basically just radiation. And humans are capable of picking up a very tiny little small band somewhere basically in the middle. We can see it, feel it, hear it, and the, and those are the, those are the frequencies we play with. Okay, so just let me make sure I understand. Because, um, okay, so... W- our radio station, 98.9 FM, there's other radio stations out there. So we have our frequency. They Correct. have theirs. And that's why you spin the dial and hit the... And that's oh, why you okay. can have little presets and you can right. jump from channel to channel. And, you know, so you can hang out at, you know, so if you want to go visit our sister station over there, 98.1 The Max. Right. You dial the FM dial down to 98.1. So in other words, and if you're on the battlefield and you're General Patton and you yeah. got to communicate with somebody 200 miles away over here in, on exactly. the German front and you've got to make sure your radio signals get to them yes. and not intercepted by, you know, that was the whole game, right? Exactly. All right. So let's go to Navajo talkers okay. for a moment because we had walkie talkies and yep. walkie talkies broadcast on a frequency. Right. For the sake of argument, we're going to say 98.9 FM. Okay. So everybody knows your walkie-talkies are on 98.9 FM. So we solved the problem of other people listening in on our conversations by having Navajo speakers talk to each other in Navajo, which nobody else understood. Okay. So that is where we have the legend of the Navajo talkers. That is your first great example of encryption. Gotcha. Okay. Now, here's the problem with that. Suppose I just don't want you to broadcast anything. So I can't break your encryption. So I'm just going to get a big old white noise generator, a.k.a. just noise. And I'm going to broadcast it as big as I can on 98.9. Right. Well, and now you you're just, blocked. You just jammed my signal. I so. have jammed your signal. Right. Okay. Well, this is basically what was happening to torpedoes because we were using radio to communicate with them. Right. Turn a little left, turn a little right, aim right for the boat. Well, everybody knew the frequency. Right. So the trick was you had countermeasures. So you would block that frequency. So what George and Hetty were doing was sitting at a piano and going, all right, well, this chord, you know, if we move down an octave or move up an octave, it's the same note, but it's in a different octave. Right, okay. So we can play this note and the torpedo understands it, 
but we can move up or down in frequency and play the same note again. Uh, okay, now I see where you're going. Because you could have that, but it's like, a, it reminds me of that uh, heart and soul song that you learn when you're a kid. On exactly. The, it's like, dun, 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 because you're you playing the same ones. up and down the piano, right. right. Okay. Now, add in Tesla's alternating current. Okay. Now, now Tesla came up with the idea that you could move current from a magnet to a magnet to a magnet and push it down. So all of these, now this is where her and George's absolute genius dives in. Because now they came up with the idea of, well, if we can make electricity hop and we can make music hop, right? why can't we hop up and down a frequency? Mm. Oh, okay. And this very basic idea was all we got to do is have a protocol. Right. And what is a protocol? A protocol is just nothing more than a way of making something happen. So when I walk over to you to greet you and I hold my hand out and you shake it, that's a protocol. That's the handshake protocol. And that is why when computers talk to each other, we say the handshake to understand, because you're kind of going, what protocol do you want to use? Right. So she and George put all of these ideas together into basically a machine that didn't get used exactly right then. Unfortunately, but it would yeah. frequency hop. Yeah. But well, it yeah. had a great future. We're going to talk about that as well, because that's another important factor. But, um, man, like we said, it plays out like a spy novel. And we're going oh, to continue uh, unpacking it when we come back here on Tool Talk Radio. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Floor feels a little gritty here. Yeah, we ran out of floorboards there, so we painted the dirt. Pretty clever. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I wonder if they can patent that that idea, Alan. No, that's just 70s housing. <laughs> I'm kidding. And welcome back to, uh, to somewhere out there, Alan. There's a 70s architect that is just cursing our name right now. I mean, they... No, we're pretty no, heartless. He's on this shaking end. his he's head, probably sadly in agreement. And agreeing. Yeah, yeah. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from DarkOakMedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901 we also invite you to go to the Royal Retreat Studio. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's do this. I've got to do it in proper order, Alan. First, go to the Tool Talk Radio first at Facebook page. Get up to date. Mm-hmm. Check out all the posts we've made over there. Like the page and share the page. And then go over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page. And you can uh, watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams and uh, see what it looks like in here. You know, there's a little, uh, little uh, repainting going on here. So next week, it's probably going to look... Uh, a bit different. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Alan, before we jump back into our conversation about Hedy Lamar, uh, about her patent, that uh, really it's a fascinating story. Uh, tell tell us about the Royal Retreat. Cause, well, uh, talking about housing. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Of all kinds of needs and of things happen in family and family dynamics, especially as uh, folks age or medical needs change. And one of the big things that I we love to tell everybody, and you and I reinforce this all the time, is have a plan. Yes. Know what you're, you're going to do. We're all getting older, folks. Yes. Yes, indeed. Know, have a plan um, for that. Have a, have a plan. of The Royal Retreat is an assisted living facility at 6551 Nine Arnold Road, Memphis. 
Uh, they are conveniently located right off of Kirby Parkway between Collierville and Germantown. Great culture right, just, over boom, there. Right there. And this is one of these places where you, if you've got questions, if you've never been to a facility, go take a tour. Right. And go see the dining room. Go see the activity areas. Go see what these things have to offer because it's not what you think. And it's it's the right size. It's not too big. It's not too small. And, right. uh, you know, when you're talking about, you know, taking care of your parents and making sure they're in a, in a mm-hmm. comfortable space, that's a huge load off your mind. You know? Well, it, to make sure their medications are taken care of, that, you know, you know where they are and you know what they're doing. Right. Makes and, it makes a huge difference. So, uh, again, it's family dynamics. It's family planning. But you really got to have the information. You got to have a plan. So, go see the Royal Retreat. You can get in touch with Lana Candela, who's the Community Relations Director. You can reach her at 901-563-2210. And this is, again, go take a tour. Go ask some questions. Go visit. Go get an idea and plan Oh, yeah. For these family dynamics. Absolutely. So, uh, hey, Alan, out on the table, we, we do have um, we, we have sort of a listener. I'm not calling it a listener challenge. This is a listener feedback we want. We were talking earlier in the show about um, different styles of home, different mm-hmm. eras of home, and it seems like people are chiming in. Uh, Max, who uh, do, we, do we have a text? Uh, who else but Agent 732? Okay, what do they have to say? So my We call them they because we don't know if it's a he or she. We don't know who Agent 732 is. So My grandmother lived in a late 1940s, early 50s ranch house. The biggest room was the kitchen, which was a delight to cook in. Okay. Nice. Right. Uh, yeah. Now, the ranches, that was a huge advantage because the kitchen was a major part of it. Now that you say that, our kitchen was pretty... We grew. I grew up in a ranch home. The yeah. bedrooms were just sort of nothing, you know, but... Uh, it had a basement, and as I recall, the kitchen was the biggest room. That's a good point. And so. one of our most persistent content providers, Lori, okay. has chimed in, and she asked, so uh, what era does a uh, half-house and half-trailer style come from? Her house doesn't <laughs> count. Because <laughs> if, you if you're a real astute listener back, like, I don't know, what, a year or two ago, you told us about this home you were working mm. on where somebody just thought, you know what, we need extra living space. We're going to duct tape a trailer. Yep. To the back of that, literally duct tape to, to, to seal Pretty close, it in. yeah. And she bought, well, you're the one that bought it, Lori. You tell us. So, but, uh. Well, the good news is it is now a wonderful house that has been framed out and uh, air-conditioned by our good buddy, Larry Brown. There you go. So, well, uh, speaking of Larry Brown, Larry's going to be joining us in the second hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be talking about, among other things, the past, present, and possible future of air conditioning technology. We've got a lot of other juicy stuff we're mm-hmm. going to uh, discuss uh, with uh, Larry. Before, let's, let's shift back to our conversation, though, Alan. We were talking about uh, a, a special anniversary that, that happened yesterday, um, the frequency-hopping patent that Hedy Lamar. uh you know basically mm-hmm. patented um in 1942 this was an anniversary now alan you were you were explaining this pretty pretty the basic concept was she was convinced that one of the keys to success in world war ii was going to be good radio communication and keeping your messages from being intercepted i think that's sort of because you know back in the day that was still radio was still kind of new back then mm-hmm. but it, sadly her her technology the the navy didn't use it well, and was, I have to wonder how many lives might have been saved if they would have used it. I mean, I don't know. It's 
We'll never know. But we're we're about to give her mad props, though. Okay. Of her idea was used. Maybe not her device. Okay. But her idea was there. Okay. So as a protocol, their idea did save a lot of lives. Okay, good. Uh, Their device itself, because of the technology at the time, was really a bit too cumbersome. But let's go to the mid-50s. And now we've already got lightweight transistors. Okay. So we went from great big giant transistor tubes and stuff to now we're getting to the era of the quote unquote transistor radio. Right. Okay. Now with the smaller transistors, her concept uh, was picked up by other military contractors and they actually created the Sonobuoy. The what? The Sonobuoy. (laughs) The Sonobuoy was a device that could be dropped from an airplane into the water, and because it could listen to a wide variety of frequencies, we used them to help hunt down submarines. Okay, now we're talking. Okay, so sono bu- Oh, it's like a buoy, like a water. Like it's a, a buoy, buoy but it okay. was a sono because it had sonics. Okay. It was a sono buoy. It was listening at a variety of different frequencies, and... This is where you get into, I'll pick on Star Trek for a moment, where they talk about, oh, we, we've de- detected the signature of a Klingon vessel. Right. That's exactly where they get that comment from in Star Trek was different types of propellers or different types of propulsions made different sounds. Uh, it's easy to lure me into a Star Trek conversation, Alan. The only thing, I will say this, if you uh, folks, if it, there's a great analogy that could be made, that, or there's a great case that could be made that Star Trek is more, uh, if you were to compare it to any branch of the military, you could compare it to the Navy. But um, yes. anyway, hey, but Alan, um, we never even discussed how this ties into Wi-Fi. How does her technology, how, why is she called the mother of Wi-Fi? Well, again, we're talking about frequency hopping and what frequencies could be used. So we've already covered the idea of encryption. Mm -hmm. So now today, this exact same idea, this exact same protocol now applies to cell phones. Right. Now applies to your Wi-Fi at home because your Wi-Fi is a little radio transmitter of limited distance. Mm, Generally, by law, it's limited to about 1,500 linear feet. Right. But it is a radio transmitter, and it is broadcasting at a certain frequency. That's why you need a password, right? Well, within that frequency, you have encryption, which is why you need a password. Okay, so in theory, if they would have fully implemented her, if they had the technology, these these generals back in the day would have used passwords they would have done they would have done maybe a variation of what we're we're doing with well, our wi-fi when we the, log in the these people all gave us all the little pieces that come together in today's technology with semiconductors instead of transistors right so all of our technology keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller using less and less power but yet producing bigger and bigger results pretty fascinating so the, we the ideas yeah. of a musician and an actress yeah. Brought us to today. That's again one of one of the reasons we support the arts around here. Alan. Oh, absolutely. So, well, Alan, hour one is in the can and uh but I'm looking wow. forward to hour two. Uh our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration is gonna be in the house.
News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com and our pal Max over there behind the glass. And the man himself, Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration, which it's like pulling teeth to get you in here, sir. I mean, he puts work before visiting with us. Thanks a lot, sir. But, uh, well, thank right. goodness. Okay. <laughs> He's got a lot of happy people out there. They got air conditioning right mm, now. That's right. So if you want to talk air conditioning, this is the time to do it. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also would say, I think it's at this point, Alan, it is mission critical to get over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and check out the posts we've made over mm-hmm. there. Absolutely. And uh, after you've uh, done that and you've liked the page and shared the page, then scoot on over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and uh, watch the show on the Royal Retreat uh, studio cams. Uh, Alan, you know, they may they may go, hmm, I wonder what Larry Brown looks like. We've heard mm. his name thousands of times. <laughs> well, if you want to know, go over to Facebook and check it out. Larry, you're on camera, so remember that today <laughs> before you get, you know for you uh, act but i uh, hope i don't break the camera okay hey it's good to have <laughs> my you, number my one goal today not break the camera right, right. well i got the industrial one on me so you're okay. good you're okay. good All yeah right. hey uh larry we, we've got some pretty cool stuff to do uh round table with you oh a little late max on the walk-up music okay let it roll uh um that's that's larry's uh that's what you came up with max did you approve that do you run that by larry to see if he uh I figured he'd like it. Okay. And when I was when I found it, I was that made me think of Larry. Okay, well, it sounds pretty edgy, Larry. Do you play this when you walk up to a job site? Don't you? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh. absolutely. <laughs> he opens the truck and okay. I think John would enjoy that. Okay. Hey, Larry, this is going to be good. Uh, shortly, you're going to give us, you know, you're the perfect person to talk about this. We always love talking about technology. So why not consult Larry? This is going to be good. The past, present, and possible future of air conditioning technology. Larry, you got notes here. I've noticed. I do. I do. So it's a um, very interesting subject. It's got a lot of uh, a huge timeline of when it started till now. So, you know, I, I can't remember all that, Joe. So. No, you got to write it down. Yeah, but got to write it down. And we want to use your expertise to speculate, too. Later mm. in the conversation, we'll speculate what, what the future of HVAC might look like. Also, uh, if you're just tuning in, we have, uh, we've had a few listeners chime in on this. And, Larry, this is going to tie in with uh, our conversation later. But we've we put it out there every, you know, every 20 years or so, uh, home design changes and uh, the different, not only from a design standpoint, but from a from a technology standpoint and functional standpoint. So we put it out there, uh, folks. Uh, let us know what are some of your favorite eras. What are some of your favorite home designs? What are some of your least favorite? And uh, with that in mind, Larry, later uh, in the show, we want to ask you from the standpoint of HVAC. Maybe there's some that are just really easy to work on. Maybe there's some that are really kind of challenging to work on. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so we want to get your take on that. Hey, Larry, before we do that, before we get to any of that, um, you always are really nice about bringing in specials and incentives for our listeners. So I see you've got your note card there. So do you have some specials today if people want to take advantage? I do. I do. Yeah, I got some good specials today. So uh, we're offering new train heating and air conditioning system, 
24 months, no interest financing. Um, you can get a free programmable thermostat, a free media filter, uh, free year, a free 10-year parts warranty. And, um, you know, we, again, you can, you know, top that off with a 24-month no interest financing. Makes it easy and affordable to buy a new train heating and air conditioning system. If you're interested in a Remy Halo, uh, that's $100 off on our Remy Halo. So that's a great deal, and it's a great product. And then uh, we're also offering off $100 off on our duct cleaning services. So if you're interested in any of the uh, specials, give us a call at 901-362-1881, or you can visit us on the web at brownref.com, or you can check it out on, check us out on Facebook. I know we're linked to the Tooltop Facebook. I think so. Yeah, I got to double so. check, Alan. Are you, did you link us up? So, uh, all right. I'm pretty sure we are. He looked so, at me yeah, very accusingly. Like, well, I okay, thought yeah. you are, but we'll double check. So, yeah. Okay. We'll but your sure. Facebook page, in fairness, is better than ours. You got, I mean, I don't know what you do, but you got a pretty active Facebook. Who would have thought an HVAC company would have such a dynamic Facebook page? But you do. I mean, I got to give you credit. So. Well, in, social, in today's environment, you know, in, in our society today, social media is a huge um way to stay in touch with your customers right and uh, and also market some of your um services and you know things like that so uh, we try to be active on social media now i don't do all the other like the twitter and all that stuff i'm not too you're not a tiktoker no 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 <laughs> so but facebook is something that you know um most people relate to and uh, we just feel like it's a good platform for us. I, I, I think so. We we use it. I mean, so that's it because you can post things. You can post, you know, video. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Some of them I still can't figure out, but, you know, that's just me. <laughs> hey, Larry, this is cool. So uh, let's jump into it. You you We were going to talk about um, the history and, you know, the history, the past, present, and future of HVAC. So uh, let's get started, man. Do you want to? Sure. Yeah. So. so, so basically, you know, I mean, I, I kind of know every, I'm pretty familiar with the last hundred years right. of, of heating and air conditioning industry and the developments, but did some research. And, um, so basically, you know, the air conditioning type of like a passive cooling, which is a top form of air conditioning, uh, was started in ancient Egypt. And so what oh. they would do is put reeds over windows and then they would wet those reeds with water. And then, of course, that's like an evaporative cooler. So anybody that's been out west uh, where you have a low humidity, uh, evaporative coolers, or a lot of people call them swamp coolers, are very popular uh, as, as opposed to our mechanical cooling like we have here. Uh, so the ancient Egyptians were using that all the way back into, you know, uh, B.C. And then, of course, as time went on, even people like famous like Benjamin Franklin even experimented with uh, to some forms of cooling and uh, able to, you know, freeze water. Uh, one of his comp one of his quotes is from this experiment. One may see the possibility of freezing a man to death on a warm summer day. Wait, what? That's Benjamin. <laughs> I didn't Franklin. know Benjamin Franklin had a handle in this. Well, he he did some experiments back in like the 1700s of ways to you know, cool things down, and they were using uh, chemicals like alcohol and ether that evaporate quickly. And so anything that evaporates, it creates, it, you have to 
Um, it removes heat to, you know, for the evaporative process. So if you have something that evaporates quickly, like alcohol or ether, you know, you might have uh, clean. You might have, uh, you know, it, it, it's for instance, if you clean your hands with like uh, hand sanitizer, right? You can feel it cooling because it's evaporating that alcohol off your skin, and therefore it's co- it's a cooling effect. Um. Okay. This is interesting. I didn't. I mean, I understand that. I didn't know Benjamin Franklin was already working on that, Larry. Um. I can't remember, is it denatured alcohol or something? There is some, maybe it's acetone. Like sometimes I'll be working on a job site. I open the acetone and pour it on a rag and I can feel the outside of the can getting cold. Mm -hmm. Is it acetone or is it? Acetone is very volatile, but it's also, uh, it does have a very cooling effect because it evaporates so quickly. Okay. So So chemicals. Chemicals, yeah. Chemical reaction. Okay. So it goes back further than maybe people think. Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue to unpack that. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. When my new apprentice arrives, he will take care of you. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Do you have any apprentices, Larry, that uh, you... (laughs) I don't know. Never mind. (laughs) I think that one went over his head a little bit, but... uh, Anyway, no, no, I've worked for that guy. Okay. I, 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 know, I know that guy. <laughs> well, if you got the right apprentice, they will take care of you. Yeah, they will. They yeah. will. One way or another. <laughs> and welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor Sammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. Here with my buddy, Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com. Our pal Max over there behind the glass. And the man himself, Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. He's hanging out with us all hour, Alan, which cool. is good. And then I have to imagine afterwards you're probably rushing off to some important job, right, Larry? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> More work. Yeah. So. Some, somehow or another, you're going to get to work. You, you so. must look forward to November more than any man oh, I know. I, I do. I oh, do. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, we're just, we're just so blessed with a lot of business and a lot of good customers. But obviously, it's... Uh, a lot of work, too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Can't complain. So if you want to chime in, this is a great day, especially if you, have, if you have HVAC questions or concerns. You can get in touch with us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. We also invite you to go over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, check out the show. And what speaking of next? questions, we actually have a question for Larry himself from okay. our buddy, Agent 732. All right, well, hold on one sec. I'm not done with the uh, table setting here, <laughs> Max, but okay, stand by, Agent. And then um, also watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams over at the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page. Uh, we were in the middle of a discussion, uh, talking about the history, the, we're going to talk about the past, present and possible future of HVAC technology, but we always put our listeners first. So what did, uh, agent 732 have for Larry? What does Larry think about the efficiency of the new systems that have CO2 scrubbers? Okay. I don't know what that is. So Larry, do you know what a CO2 scrubber, or are we talking about Remy Halo here or is, uh. No, no. Well, we'll we'll get to that when we get to the future. Okay. I'll throw in on CO2 scrubbers when we get to the future. Well, I mean, you know, obviously uh, one thing about air conditioning systems today is the efficiency. Uh, Another thing is also about indoor air quality. So, you know, know, years ago, I mean, you know, even back when I first started in the business, we didn't do any outside air. It was just one of those things. You open the door, you go outside, whatever. 
Uh, but today's buildings are much tighter and, mm-hmm. work, you know, they don't allow infiltration naturally of outside air. So uh, I believe he's talking about probably something to do with the CO2. Uh, there are all kinds of uh, technology that helps reduce the CO2 in buildings. Um, you know, there's outside air, there's the ERVs, which are energy recovery ventilators. There's just, you know, tons of products out there that uh, help you with your indoor air quality. And so, so I really like them. It's good to be, we all want to breathe fresh air and clean air. And it's great that there's technology out there to help us with it. It's pretty interesting too, Larry, because don't, isn't part of the uh, development with the cleaner air is the fact that they, they, we have better detection systems, right? I mean, maybe back in the day, it was harder to detect the quality of the air. I don't know. Am I wrong? But, well, you're right. And it, it just wasn't as big a, a big a issue. It wasn't on the forefront as it is now. Um, obviously, again, with buildings being tighter, everybody, you know, back in, the, you know, say 50 years ago, uh, you had a lot of natural infiltration of a home because there was lots of cracks and crevices. Nowadays, they're all sealed up, high, high you know, high-quality insulation, high-quality windows, high-quality doors. Uh, everything's just, like, airtight, and so you don't get any fresh air into a, a building or a home, and it's important to, you know, get the stale air out and new fresh air in. And so there's lots of technologies, to you know, that's out there to do that kind of stuff. Cool. All right, Agent 732, that was a very reasonable mm. comment. You never know what you're going to get when they, <laughs> when you open up the floor to them. So, okay. Hey, uh, Larry, but you, you were telling us, okay, I'm fascinated to know that that um, Benjamin Franklin was already toying around with uh, air, you could say air conditioning, but he was going for chemical processes. Now, I'm I'm just wondering about what that was like. We're talking about air quality. He mm-hmm. was, what was he trying to do? Was he like cooling an object and having it radiate i don't really know well he was just experimenting on ways to cool things down okay okay? and and uh the the experiment he used was water yeah and then of course they had ether or alcohol and they were using the evaporative effect of those chemicals in order you know when you when something evaporates it takes heat to do that right to change it from a liquid to a vapor evaporation right so when you're it cools the remaining liquid which would be like if you had a alcohol and some water down inside of it, like in a in a container, and as that evaporated, it's going to get the water cold, right? Mm. And so he was just experimenting because you got to think back in uh, Benjamin Franklin's days, so uh, we didn't have air conditioning, no refrigeration, no way to make ice. Uh, you know, it's just very, uh, um, you know, it, it had none of those technologies out there. So uh, people were trying to experiment more for probably like food preservation and That's stuff like that yeah. as opposed to like actually cooling a home, air conditioning at home. Alan, you know, you were, food is exactly where I'm going with that. You knew he was going to go with food. You know okay. going to go with yeah. food because one of the things they were already well known was that marble kept out of the sunshine will always be slightly lower in temperature than the room around it. Hmm. So that is why so many bakeries had marble counters. Ah. So you could work your dough and everything on it without it 
absorbing the same level of heat as was in the room right? because the marble was slightly cooler. Mm -hmm. So just a little fascinating fact about marble, which is why it keeps creeping into our homes and why it was such a popular bathroom attribute because it was cooler naturally than the wood and other stonework that we were using. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That yeah. makes sense. When you touch yeah. a countertop, it's it feels much colder. So yeah. if you're yeah, using marble, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Larry, that's that's sort of interesting. I didn't want to sidetrack you on that, but I didn't know that about Benjamin Franklin. But uh, yeah, it was kind of interesting to you know to know that this has been going on since you know that for probably over a thousand years of people figuring out a way to try to stay cool, right? Sure. Yep. And so uh, that leads me to the next thing is that the so in uh, the 19th century. Uh, there was, a, in 1842, there was a for, Florida physician named uh, John Gorgie, and uh, he used compressor technology to create ice, which he used the ice to uh, to cool the air for his patients in his hospital in Apalachicola, Florida, okay? And a lot of people say, Where, where's Apalachicola? Well, it's it's in the, um, you know, it's right there in the, the Emerald Beach area, right? Um, so, um, and he used that technology obviously to cool, um, you know, I make ice where he could keep his patients cool. Uh, he was hoping to be able to, you know, continue to develop that technology and use it to cool whole buildings, but it just never came through. So, oh, Hey, Larry. Okay. Wait, sorry. Mm -hmm. You're sort of blowing my mind here because we, you know, we, we were doing a story, one of our first ones ever, Alan, was about the Chicago World's Fair of 1893. Right. They had an indoor skating rink, you know, mm -hmm. eight, but I thought that's where indoor ice making more or less started. But you're saying this goes back 50 years before that. Yeah, so. mm -hmm. absolutely. So, okay, so they were piggybacking out. So maybe he, he made small amounts of ice. They figured out a way to make an entire ice rink or something. Yeah, so. well, yeah, and that, what they do with an ice rink is there's, you know, there's a piping system below the ice that... And it's usually what they call a brine solution mm -hmm. or a glycol to where the, that liquid won't freeze. And then they can drop that down below 32 degrees and then it'll freeze the ice and make the skating rink. Huh. Okay. Okay. So if we're, if once, it, once you figure out how to make ice, it's a short hop over to, okay, we can figure mm -hmm. out how to cool a house. So. Well, all, all of this, you know, technology, refrigeration, everything, all you're doing is moving heat from one place to another. So you're taking the heat out of the water and you're dumping it outside. Right. So once you take enough heat out of the water, right, you're, you're not making it cold, you're removing heat, right? And so what it does is it lowers the temperature, and eventually when it gets below 32 degrees, it forms ice. Yeah. So right. you can have skating rinks, you know, that, that are, you know, right here in Memphis, that they're, you go over there right now, and it's 95 degrees outside, and I got a skating rink. Right. Yeah. Oh, this so. is interesting. All right. You're sort of hurting my brain a little there. I thought I knew yeah, things, but yeah. I guess I don't. So, all right, this is very interesting because um the the other I don't know the other part of this out. So you're making ice, but you don't do modern technology looks nothing like that, right? I mean, you're not there's no ice in the new systems, right? So, no, but I mean it's kind of the simple the same principle is that you're removing heat and you're moving heat from one place to another. So that's all an air conditioning system does is move remove heat from your home and takes it outside and dumps it outside. 
Okay. okay. So that's sort of the modern. So we're kind of going uh, a little walk through history about mm-hmm. about air conditioning. So, mm-hmm. all right, we're going to continue the journey uh, here on Tool Talk Radio with our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. People really don't know how to finish wood properly. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Ron Swanson is so self-righteous, man. <laughs> a lot of us know how to finish wood properly, Ron, not just you. He That really triggers me. Max, I, I know, you do that on purpose. I, I, all I have to say is thank goodness they don't because, you know, it keeps me very... Uh, Oh, okay. let's, uh, let's just say it pays my bills fairly well. I guess there's something to be said for that. And welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and the man himself, Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. Uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989, especially if you've got HVAC questions or concerns. I mean, uh, you know, this is the day to do it. Uh, also, scoot on over to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page and uh, check out the action over there. Like the page and share the page. And then go over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and uh, watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio cams. If you've ever wondered what Larry Brown actually looks like, mm. uh, he's here. He's on camera, and you this is your chance to see the the elusive Larry Brown. Larry, it's hard to get you in the studio because you're always, you know, working. Uh, <laughs> always busy. <laughs> I don't know. Nine months out of the year, he's the most popular man in the city. That's no right. kidding. Is there ever a period where you, they don't need? I mean, I guess we have a couple of yeah. We have about a month where you could open the windows and you know the you don't need heating or air. But really, I think you've got job security, man. You're in the right business for sure. I think so. I think so. So um, it's been, you know, it's just it's getting bigger and bigger every year. Uh, obviously, you know, if you take care of your customers. You know, things will, you, you know, the rest will usually take care of itself. And uh, that's what we try to do is take care of our customers, be there when we're, when they need us and, and treat them fair. And, you know, it's, it's paid off over the, you know, over the years to really a booming business that, um, you know, is getting way more than I can handle. I'm getting a little older every year and business is getting more. <laughs> so it's like going to two different directions, right? Well, so, but I'm hanging in there. There's worse problems to have, Larry. But uh, hey, right. uh, last week I saw one of your um, one of your trucks. Did you guys upgrade the fleet? This thing looked it was it looked like a new truck, man. It was nice. Well, we're constantly having to you know bring in new vehicles. I mean, obviously, um, you run a lot of miles up on them in mm-hmm. a day or in a year. Um, you know, the average person might put fifteen, maybe twenty thousand miles on their vehicle in a year. These things are putting 40 to 50 sometimes because, you know, all the running around we're doing. So, it doesn't, you know, we have to replace them pretty pretty regularly. So, um, but, yeah, we're trying to constantly improve our our equipment and our knowledge and our training um, just to stay stay up with the times. Yeah. No, it looks good, man. And uh, I, I thought it looked pretty slick. So, but, um Hey Larry, uh, you've got specials for us. Let, let's let's get those out there real quick because it's always an advantage. This is the time to get in touch with Brown Refrigeration, even mm-hmm. though we're, you're going to add to his workload. We we don't mind. Hey, that's okay. Don't worry about it. We got it. Okay, we got, so we got control. So, so th- <laughs> in addition, you know, so now we have even more reasons to call. So what are you? What do you got for us? 
So we're offering new train heating and air conditioning systems today only 24 months, no interest financing. You're going to get a free programmable thermostat, a free media filter, and a free 10-year parts warranty. Um, so then if you're interested in a new Remy Halo, uh, it's $100 off today only. So those are great products for the indoor air quality we were talking about earlier. So, Or we're also offering $100 off on our duct cleaning service. So if you're interested in any of these specials, just give us a call at 901-362-1881. Or you can visit us on the web at brownref.com. Or you can check it out, check us out on Facebook. We've got a lot of good information there, so we'd love to hear from you. Um, so, Larry, we're talking, we're kind of doing a walkthrough history about the, uh, the past, present, and possible future of air conditioning technology. I don't think we can discuss all of the past different attempts because there's too much. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a good rabbit hole to go down, folks. Get on YouTube and learn about HVAC, te- uh, you know, technology of the past. But, hey, Larry, the present, maybe you can explain. I got to be honest. I still find I still find air conditioning very complicated, you know, because there's uh-huh. chemicals. There's all sorts of things. But, it, it, I don't know, for the layman, what is the modern sort of evolution of that? Well, obviously, the... You know, air conditioning has got, you know, re- I mean, obviously with our environment, environmental issues and, um, you know, the cost of actually running air conditioning units, uh, they become way more efficient. Um, I was doing in this research I was doing, it said that uh, in uh, 2018, an estimated 1.6 billion units were installed worldwide. That's air conditioning units. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. But they expected that number to grow to 5.6 billion by 2050. So that's a you know it's like triple smokes, tri- man. Yeah, yeah. 5.6 billion units by 2050. Okay, um, but you know when you go back, I was also um, looking back through that back in 1931 they developed the first window air conditioning unit, and that was the main way you got air conditioning back in the day for your home. So when those units were first developed, they started selling in 1932 for ten to $50,000, <laughs> okay? That's an equivalent of 200 to $1.1 million in 2022. Wasn't that how much a house cost back then? I um, mean... I, I that, would think it would be, yeah, at least the price of the house. Holy but smokes. Yeah. I didn't know it was that so much. that's an equivalent of, like, <sighs> today's money, 200000 to $1.1 million. Okay, yeah, so I guess they're, unit. you didn't go to your big box store and pick one up. <laughs> no, no. And you um, said they were heavy, right? Didn't they weigh like 500 pounds? 500, uh, up, up, you know, as, as much as 500 pounds and, and like half of it stuck outside and half of it stuck inside. I mean, you'd have to have a frame holding it up in place. I mean, I'm, thinking, I'm sure you'd yeah. have to have something, you know, bracing it in there to where, mm-hmm. it, you know. Uh, I'm, I wouldn't want to count on the window to hold it in no. the right. So, uh, but you know, that was just for the, for the, you know, the ultimate rich folks that were out there. I mean, who, who, who could today could afford a $200,000 air conditioner all the way up to 1.1 million. Wow. Be a, just a few of our, a, a small percentage of our population. Right. That could afford that. So obviously through technology and other items, they've really, um, you know, improve the technology and also brought the cost down. So, but, you know, air conditioning is very, you know, is pretty much a requirement now. There's still a, 
you know, a few homes in America that are built without air conditioning. Uh, a lot of them out west. Uh, maybe they use like an evaporative cooler. Swamp. We all call them swamp coolers in the business, but they need better branding. That doesn't sound appealing, Larry. <laughs> well, it's an evaporative cooler. <laughs> they work. Remember, we were talking about water evaporating, right. which would cool. You know, it cools the uh, cools the remaining water off. Well, if you have you don't have much humidity, there's a lot of it evaporation. So therefore, it creates a lot of cool water, which when you blow air across it, will cool the air. You know what's weird about, see, maybe this is why I have trouble getting my head around some of this. Okay, if I walk up to an air conditioner, especially like a window unit, mm -hmm. if I stand in front of it, what I feel is I feel cold air blowing blowing out. Mm -hmm. But you're also saying that the, pro but then if you go outside, you're feeling all this hot air blasting out. But you're saying what's really cooling us off is the removal of hot air. It's Which you know you can't, doesn't feel it, like that's what's going on, but I guess that is what's going on. Well, and you know if you go through all the engineering thermodynamics, it's the removal of heat. So what's what you're doing is transferring, you're taking heat from one place, right, out of that out of the air, and you're taking it outside, right? Okay, so the you know an engineer wouldn't tell you where you're making cold air, you're and that's what a layperson would say. Well, I'm making. Mm -hmm. You know, it's making cold air. Well, no, it's removing heat. That's what the proper terminology is. So, and then of course, the heat you feel outside is the heat that you've removed from your from your home. Plus, there's a certain amount of uh, heat from the compressor and other things that uh, is being dumped out there too. So that's basically what it's doing. It's just absorbing heat inside, taking it outside, and dumping it out. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting because, it, like I said, it just doesn't feel like that's what's going on, but that's what's mm -hmm. going on. And that's so. what's going on, right. So, Larry, what do you think the future holds? Because there's a lot of concern. I mean, there's things to think about with the future. I mean, it just, it, just since the time we've known you, they've changed refrigerant levels because, you know, what, because of ozone concerns and right. things like that. Environmental and so, concerns. And so, so uh, there's more new refrigerants coming down the pipe. Uh, so they're going to, you know, because... There's the current ones are still impacting the environment in certain ways, ozone, global warming, stuff like that. So they're, you know, um, they're coming up with new, uh, more improved environmentally friendly refrigerants. So that's coming down the pipe. Uh, another push to is electrification of, of heating and air conditioning systems. So, you know, the old days we had fossil fuel, right? Gas furnace. Well, you know, everybody's trying to go away from those and use heat pumps or something like that. Um, you could, what I always recommend is a dual fuel unit. So you could have a heat pump, which does really good in mild conditions all the way down to maybe like 30 degrees. And then you'd have um, a gas furnace as a backup. What is the, okay, because we talked about that before. It kind of reminds me of like a hybrid vehicle or something like that. But what is the... So part of it's gas powered, but what is the other part? It's a well, it's a heat pump. So basically, you know, when when we talked about we're removing heat from inside and taking it outside, what a heat pump does is actually reverses that cycle, and so now it's absorbing heat from the outside and moving it inside. So you see the future of technology of HVAC technology being more well, less environmentally you know what it more environmentally friendly in terms of the chemicals that we're using and then maybe just being more efficient by 
I, it does. It reminds me of a hybrid vehicle. So you're not always using gas when you don't need. If it's 50 degrees outside versus 20 below outside, you're using different a different approach. Right. right? Exactly. So okay. obviously you're able to use the heat pump when it's mild conditions. And I mean, you know, here we that's most of our winter. We have we have some cold weather like this past year. It was zero. Uh, you need a gas furnace, but right. during most of the season, a heat pump would be more than adequate to keep your home warm. All right, cool. Hey, uh, so this is interesting because in in a, we're going to go full circle when we come back, Alan. We're going to talk about we're going to get an inside look from Larry. What sort of housing designs he likes as a HVAC mm-hmm. expert? You're listening to Tool Talk Radio. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. It's something including your ear. It's sawdust, just blow. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. I thought you buried that. Max knows I hate that rejoiner, <laughs> and he brings it in anyway. Whatever. <laughs> Welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios, and I firmly believe you should get the sawdust out of your own ear. Yeah, well. Unless Ron you're the Swanson. scarecrow from uh, The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Whatever that means. I don't remember that reference. I mean, they're sure. full of straw. All right, Whatever. Uh, but not so, never mind. We're wasting time. <laughs> I'm Joe Thorderson with Doris Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and our good buddy Larry Brown from Brown Refrigeration. In the house, finally. We, we pulled him away from work and uh, got him in here to visit with us for an hour. You can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And then we also invite you to go to the Tool Talk Radio Facebook page, check out the action over there, like the page, and then sh- and share the page. And then scoot over to the News Talk 98.9, the Roar Facebook page, and watch the show on the Royal Retreat Studio Cams. And, it, and this is your perfect opportunity. Mm-hmm. If you've been dying of curiosity what Larry Brown, you know, if you want to mm-hmm. know what he looks like, well... Larry, you're on camera. So, uh, speaking of the cameras, uh, in a minute we're gonna well, we're gonna get back to our discussion about HVAC technology. But speaking of the cameras, uh, Alan, let's get to our must-have item of the week because I'm holding up. I'm holding it up. Max, is it on camera? I can't tell. I think mm. it is. Uh, it's blocking your face. Perfect. That <laughs> dual purpose. So I'm holding it right up to the camera, Alan. Tell people what I'm holding up. You are holding up a brand new shiny 10-inch carbide tip saw blade. Yes. Ideal for a bench saw, or in this case, Larry, this one's going into my miter saw. My The blade's a little dull in there, and uh, we're big believers in a sharp tool, in a, in a sharp saw blade. You don't oh, play games. Absolutely. Know. Um, so, and one thing I've noticed, uh, have y'all ever noticed this? The first few cuts you, you do on that saw, it's pretty exciting because you, you've gone from, you know, the, it's chewing up the two by fours no, and, and all of a sudden the- <laughs> you put the brand new blade on and you get that crisp, nice, powerful cut. I mean, Hey, it's like when I shave with the new thing of razor blades. Kind of not unlike that, man. It's, it's noticeable. After a while, then you get used to it because it's, you know, but but those first few cuts are sort of interesting. Well, yeah, because you're not using a chipper shredder with the right. pieces missing mm-hmm. out of it and a bad tooth. And of I will throw in the, you know, the Allen safety tip of the week as usual. Yeah. Really, honestly, good, new, clean blades are far safer. They are. Far safer. They don't grab. They don't jump. They mm-hmm. don't skip. They don't burn the wood. They don't burn the wood. Of really honestly, there's certain things you don't be cheap about. 
Right. For all my computer people, I tell them, go buy a good chair. Yeah. Because really, you're spending a lot of time in that chair in front of the computer. Mm-hmm. For all of my tool buddies, new blades, they don't cost that much. And one accident is is unthinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So new blades. New uh, blades, guys. Exactly. And it's an easy thing to overlook because it's like, ah, oh, well, I'm. I don't want to take well, 10 minutes to change yeah. the blade, but then when you need it, so get a new saw blade. It's exciting too. And it's cheap. I mean, this is not a, I think I spent 30 bucks on that and I'll get years of use out of that yes. if I'm careful. So, Hey, uh, Larry, before the, so that's our must have item of the week. Pretty straightforward. I don't think it yeah, involved. get a blade. It's safer. You'll be a lot more fun. Um, Larry. So this is interesting. And, uh, one of the themes that we've had, uh, on the show today is we were, um, talking about, um, I think this is going to have to carry on maybe till next week, Alan, because it's a pretty big topic. But we're yep. talking about how home design changes every you know twenty years or so, and then especially there's changes when technology changes. When you know the the home of a hundred years ago looks completely different. There's things in there mm. that we wouldn't even recognize. But Larry, as an HVAC man, you probably have your preferences, right? Here in Memphis, we have homes from 150 years ago to modern homes, and. Uh, some eras probably you like better than others, right? I mean, in terms of working on HVAC. Well, you know, in in today's homes, you know, it's 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 challenging sometimes. We have lots of different levels and, you know, vaulted ceilings and all this. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of challenges for us to get ductwork and stuff like that in. So uh, the, good old, the good old ranch style home was pretty simple. Mm. Um now I like to have a little taller attic. That's been really a great advantage for us now is that the attics are so tall, so we don't have to crawl in on our hands and knees. We can walk in there and stand up and work. So as opposed to the old days when you had you know a four on twelve pitch roof and there might be three feet or something, four feet at the peak that you had space. Right. So it was. Um, you know, uh, you were crawling in on your hands and knees to do everything. That's pretty, pretty difficult. So, but, um, it, it does allow you access, you know, a ranch home does allow you access to all rooms, uh, unimpeded access to all rooms. So that's, that's good for us. You, you just made me think of something, Larry, because, okay. I, I, I mentioned earlier in the show, I grew up in a ranch home. I think it was built somewhere in the forties and it was nothing beautiful to look at but it was functional and the kitchen mm-hmm. was bigger but now that you're making me think of it the we our attic was it was one of these things in the cloth in a bedroom closet mm-hmm. there was a little access panel which mm-hmm. was a pain and we we almost never went in the attic however we had a basement because we this was chicago so right. would the unit have been downstairs there in the basement i can't remember so uh pr- probably so um because in chicago you have a more heating heating climate than you do air conditioning i mean i know it gets hot there but yeah. you know you're so yes probably in the basement all the duct work would have been in the basement uh would probably like floor vents mm. um which you know it's a great application um but you know it's just in, in memphis we don't have many basements i mean right. maybe in super older homes uh, the ones that are mid, in midtown that are 100 years old mm-hmm. but most homes built in the last 50 60 years Oh, they don't have basements. Uh, Larry, back in the 80s, I remember this. You remember this, Alan? All of a sudden, we got these vaulted ceilings, like you said, and then lofts, which I like. I like you step upstairs, and there's maybe like a TV room that's open, and it looks out over the into the living room. But I, it's fun to live in, but I have to imagine it's a challenge because the air could be 
20 degrees different from one level to the next but where did you fall in with the uh, 80s style so well you just you know obviously you have to be uh, a little inventive and use our tricks of our trade but yes it is uh challenging uh with like with the high ceilings and all that you get stratification which hot air rises colder falls uh so you know I always recommend people you know put a put in a nice ceiling fan to where you can break up that stratification and in in the summer you want it blowing down in the winter you want it blowing up which creates circulation and uh it'll keep the rooms the levels of your home um more to one temperature as opposed to always being hot upstairs and always being cold downstairs you're just making okay go ahead Alan. I, I i want to bring up you just you just hit a huge point as to why ceiling fans go both ways Oh, very uh-huh. good. Yeah. yeah. It draws I get asked air and this, it blows air. Yeah. I, I really, honor you just, as Joe likes to say, you triggered me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get asked that question dozens of times mm-hmm. as to why does the ceiling fan go both ways? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you just reminded me perfectly is that, once again, to blend your air, to keep your air consistent throughout the house, mm-hmm. you do change it based on the season. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you're trying to keep the hot air from building up, you want to move it down. Right. And it, to keep the cold air from trickling down on you or pooling at the bottom, mm-hmm. you want to move air up. Mm-hmm. And that is, I, I, th- I think that was probably the takeaway fact of the day. Well, that's, it, that's it why is, they reverse. That's exactly right. Because the seasons, I mean, you want to do different things with both seasons. So, uh, you know, so you always want to be able to, switch your ceiling fan but if you do have a high ceiling i'd recommend you know a big ceiling fan and get one that you can change directions with what's ideal is one that you don't have to get up and actually physically mm. change it because you're on a you know 10 12 foot ladder oh, trying yeah. to get up oh, there gosh, too yeah so uh it's always something better if you have something that you can have a switch or a remote or something like that but yeah that's 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 a huge uh um you know a huge deal in keeping your air from being uh, so stratification, you know, hot air is always up, so it's always going to be hot upstairs um, if you don't do something like that. Hey, Larry, oh, man, see, this is why we need you in more often, you know, because now you're he's already given me 50 things I want to ask him about, but we don't have time. So, hey, Larry, uh, real quick, do we have time to get to your specials? We got sure. about two minutes. Okay, tell us one more time because people, when they when the show's over, they need to get in touch with you, so... Well, so today only we're offering new train heating and air conditioning systems, uh, 24-month no-interest financing. Uh, With that system, you also get a free programmable thermostat, a free media filter, and a 10-year parts warranty. So if you're interested in taking advantage of that, you know, you can 24 months finance and you can enjoy it now and pay for it later. Um, If you're interested in a Remy Halo, uh, we talked about this product a lot. Uh, very good indoor air quality product. $100 off on that. So, And then also $100 off on our duct cleaning services. So if you're interested, give us a call at 901-362-1881. All right. Well, hey, Larry, it's always great seeing you, man. And uh, we got to get you in here sooner because you, you gave me about, like I said, 50 things I want to ask you about. <laughs> There's no time, Al, and the clock waits for no one. It You've is. been listening to Tool Talk Radio. So on behalf of my buddy, Alan Gilbreth, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and Larry Brown. I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.